has wired us, you and me for connection, connection to each other. I need you for my emotional and psychological well-being and, well, you need me because this helps us live well. And our kids, they need it too. But I'm thinking that with connection to each other, there needs to be maybe some balance. So I want to ask you this. Is it possible to have too much of a good thing? Take food, for instance. Is it possible to eat too much? Too much chocolate cake may just give you a stomach ache, but indulging in that chocolate cake day after day with several pieces at a time, well, you could really pay the price, and I'm not just talking about the scale. Let's apply that same thought to our wired connection to each other. I'm wondering, and I'm actually kind of wrestling with this next question, have we and our kids become digital gluttons in society? Finding a healthy digital balance with our kids as we navigate our unhealthy society, that's the topic for today's License to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and it's great to have you here for another episode of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. He's also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions. And our goal on License to Parent is to take what we're learning each day here at the Proving Grounds of Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can better prepare to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And it's our prayer that you won't need a residential facility down the road. You know, I mentioned gluttony, and that is one of the seven deadly sins. Usually when we think of gluttony, we think of consuming too much food, like I mentioned with the chocolate cake. But Trace, is it possible that we can be guilty of gluttony as it pertains to consuming, well, maybe too much digital technology, particularly with our kids? Yeah, well, you know, when it comes to digital technology and our kids, not only would I say that it is possible to be gluttonous, I would also say that, you know, as parents, we can unwittingly uh, be guilty of a few other things, too. Things that the Bible clearly warns us not to do with our kids, things like exasperating our kids or provoking them to anger, um, mm. even causing them to stumble. And we know that, you know, uh, Jesus said something about that. Uh, you know, what happens when you cause one of these little ones to stumble? You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want a millstone hung around my neck and thrown in the depths of the sea. Uh, and then there are the, the biological issues, the science behind what exactly is going on in the brain when our kids abuse digital technology. We don't often think of the addictive nature of a lot of this stuff or the idolatrous nature of it, for that matter. And addiction and idolatry are like cousins. Arguably, they're one and the same. Uh, and let's keep in mind, uh, we're talking about our kids here whose frontal lobes are, you know, in some cases, you know, a decade away from being fully developed. Uh, there's a reason why alcohol and tobacco are just two of the many addictive things that you know, any rationally thinking parent wouldn't want their teens, much less their younger kids, to consume. And certainly not become addicted to, right? But there's, there's something else that responsible parents need to consider. What are the folks who actually make these products saying? I mean, what, what are these guys talking about? Well, let me read you a quote from a writer of an article on the website Axis.org. Just on the subject of smartphones alone, forget the video game and all the other stuff. Former senior vice president at Apple, Tony Fidel, who was a key creator of both the iPod and iPad, says he wakes up in cold sweats every so often thinking, 
what did we bring into the world? As a parent, and this this is the author still writing this, this is not me. As a parent, that terrifies me and, and makes me wonder, what have I brought into my home? Why would I give my daughter a device that's not only highly addictive, but has the capability to deliver hardcore pornography, violence, and predators right into her room? But it's so easy to rationalize. Smartphones are convenient. They help us connect and even help our kids fit in. But is it worth it? As Christians, we talk about being countercultural. But are we willing to pay the price for doing so, even if it means giving our kids flip phones instead of smartphones? Because we dare not rail against our debased culture while simultaneously providing unlimited access to it. So what should that tell us? Well, we'll talk about that with today's guests and we'll find out. Well, Trace, our guest today is Arlene Pellicane. She is passionate about helping parents learn how to have more happiness in their homes, which sounds great, right? Well, Arlene is speaker and author of nine books, including two that she co-wrote with Gary Chapman, titled Screen Kids and Growing Up Social. That is what we're going to pick Arlene's brain about today. Arlene appeared on various media outlets, including Fox and Friends, The Today Show, Focus on the Family, and now Licensed to Parent. Well, Arlene, welcome to Licensed to Parent. I'm so happy that I get to add Licensed to Parent. That is very, I'm very excited <laughs> about that. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. Well, listen, uh, the subject of, of digital technology encompasses a broad swath of things from video games to social media to you know, any number of different devices and platforms, uh, some of which uh, aren't at all appropriate for kids, at least not in, in my humble opinion. Uh, what digital devices, platforms, and or venues, if any, would you say parents should consider to be preeminent on the no-no list for dependent teenagers still living in their family's uh, home? Yeah. You know, what are the devices? What are the programs that you find that you are having conflict over? What are the things that your child has a really hard time walking away from? What are the things where you see like, oh, there's a lot of unhealthy content pumping, you know, through that. So Mm -hmm. by you asking these questions, you're going to know in your gut, oh, that video game, that's probably not, that's a no-go. That streaming platform, you know, that's going to have a lot of stuff. We're going to need to change the the parental, you know, guides on that. Okay. Social media, my child is not ready for that. So of course, things like Snapchat, uh, things like TikTok, these are highly addictive. And what we need to think of, you know, and the reason I asked those questions at the beginning is, is you can kind of see and test that they did a, a study just of a preschooler And they were with three different things. The first thing was like a little guitar that was, you know, electronic that if you, if you do the strings, you know, it makes noises. The second thing was an iPad that had like a piano on it. And then the third thing was a video game. And what they found was when the researcher said, Oh, give me the, let me see it with the guitar. The child just pushed it over. No problem. It was playing the piano. Oh, let me see it. Pushed it over. No problem. Mm. But when they were playing that video game and there are unpredictable things happening, you know, they're trying to figure out cause and effect. They're trying to figure out why is this happening? Oh, wow, this just happened. That researcher asked one time, two time, three time for give it to me. And that kid was, you know, like, I'm not pushing that over. Right. So we need to understand as parents that, okay, this technology is not equal. Uh, for instance, for social media. So as a parent, you know, you most likely have social media on your phone. You may not, but if you do, you know, if, if you're on it, 
you could even not if you're driving, but you know, you can pull it up right now, you know, and, and let me know when you're finished. And you won't be finished because it is bottomless and it is designed to be that way. So yeah. when you look at a technology and it is bottomless, it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's YouTube, it's Netflix, it's bottomless. It does not have an end. Then you know that technology is much more addictive, potentially damaging than the Zoom classroom, right? You know, no one, right. no one came out of the pandemic like, oh my goodness, my child is waking up at two o'clock in the morning. They keep clicking on that Zoom classroom link to see if their teacher is there. You know, it's like that's yeah. that's not a problem. And you know, we talked about the chocolate cake at the in the beginning here, and there are digital vegetables and digital candy, and the vegetables are the things like a sermon on a Sunday morning, learning a language, listening to a podcast like this to learn. These are things you're kind of quote unquote forcing yourself to do because you know this is going to be good for you. And you're not going to be waking up at one o'clock in the morning thinking I need to listen, you know, as good mm -hmm. as licensed a parent is, no one's waking <laughs> up at one in the morning to re-listen. So we, we can tell what's a vegetable and what is candy and a little bit of candy is okay, but candy served for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? That's when we're getting a, a big problem. Yeah, candy eaten by kids needs to be supervised. Otherwise, there'll be the kid in the candy shop, and they'll clean the shelves out. Um, but I think it's important for parents to know, I think they probably already do know this by now. This is older information. But, you know, these things are designed to be that way. And uh, uh, there, are, there are people who, who make their living making these these gadgets, these uh, video games, and uh, the, the platforms on the gadgets addictive. And this is funny. I, 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 I believe in God's providence. And I was uh, uh, doing a parenting conference here at Shepherd's Hill, and uh, it was on digital technology and pros and cons and all the dangers and precautions that parents need to have in the equation. And it, it, it was, you know, it's a weekend thing. And... Um, I remember at the end, it was a, it was a Sunday, and um, people were coming up and talking to me, and this one guy was standing by the door, and he just didn't want to leave. And I heard out in the driveway, come on, Joe, let's go. Let's go. And he goes, I'm, he says, I'm not leaving until I talk to this guy. He finally did get to talk to me, and he says, you have no idea how truthful the things you were bringing forth this weekend was. He said, do you know what dark UX is? And I said, no, I, I didn't, because I didn't. He says, I, I make my living in dark UX. 40 hours a week, I spend making all this stuff addictive purposely. And my question is, if our kids can't pull the lever on a slot machine until they're 21 years old because of its addictive nature, and they don't sleep with their slot machines under their pillows, why are we giving these addictive adult toys to our kids unfettered access 24-7, 365? That's, the, that's my question to you. Yeah. And you talked about, you know, different tech people and what they do. Chris Anderson, who's a former editor of Wired, father of five, he didn't allow iPads in his home, calling them gaming crack. You know, Steve Jobs famously, when he was interviewed, he had you know, talked about the iPad, introduced it, said, you, every family's got to have one of these. It's amazing. And then when he was interviewed, softball question, hey, how do your kids like the iPad? He's like, oh yeah, they, they're not allowed to use the mm -hmm. iPad. So for us to realize, wait a minute, if these insiders are like, we're going to the chalkboard and we're, we don't give our kids this kind of stuff, then what is that telling us? So I think it is really important to see that this is a viable option not to use these addictive technologies and to realize that our child doesn't have the power to have that slot machine in their pocket. And, you know, I, I like to give the example of, of a big, huge bag of M&Ms 
which, uh, you know, I love. But if I carried around those M&Ms with me all day, but I told myself, I'm only going to have 10. Like, I'm a good Christian. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. I I have self-control. I've got accountability systems. (laughs) You know, I'm only going to have 10. But if I strap that thing to my belt and, you know, there's no way, you know, by 11 o'clock a.m. I've already got like one fourth of the bag Mm -hmm. down the chute. Mm -hmm. And for kids, when you give them a device, you give them a tablet, whether it is their own personal one or it is yours that they're using and they have unfettered access or easy access, you know, that is like putting the M&Ms, you know, right on their, it was strapping it onto their body, not even in the backpack, just strapping it right on the body and saying, Hey, good luck with that. And so I think that is, you're right. That is a responsibility there to say, this is not a right fit. And, you know, it used to be like with computers, let's say a really, really old Macintosh, you know, it couldn't do a whole lot and it was really big. It had a a particular Mm -hmm. use. And just like a bicycle has a specific use, you know what you're going to do when you get on the bike, you take a ride, you know, there it is. And it's not the bicycle doesn't follow your child around all day saying, ride me, ride me, ride me, ride me. But when you give a phone or a tablet, Mm -hmm. There's so many things you can do on it. So sure, you pick it up because there's one good thing that's very positive and healthy to do with it. But then there's a million other things that it does too. And if your child is able to find it, hold it, use it, then it is like this thing that's strapped to their body that follows them around all the time saying, you know, hey, pick me up again. Arlene, this is so good. It's it's such fascinating information. And I hate to do this, but we need to take a break But when we come back, I want to continue this conversation on what screens are doing to our kids and to our society. We're talking with Arlene Pellicane today. She's the author of Screen Kids. I'm Michelle Hill. Our host is Trace Embry. And this is Licensed to Parent. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of eBooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. 
issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Our host is Trace Embry. I'm Michelle Hill. And today we're talking with Arlene Pellicane. She's written the book Screen Kids, and she unpacks for us five skills every child needs in a tech-driven world. Trace? Yeah, Arlene, do you think too many Christian parents uh, have simply not thought through the implications of giving their teen um, unfettered access to smartphones? I think that when we look around us, we're kind of taking a barometer of, you know, how we should do things. So if we see like, oh, my child's classmate, they have a phone and, and it's and it's touted like for safety. They have a phone and then your child is asking you, can I have one? Because I want to be able to stay in touch with so-and-so. And then you, especially for a mom, I will, I will tell you this because my husband and I, you know, even though we're both pretty much on the same page, he is definitely stricter than I am. And so it's not always this way, but many times it's the mother that will say, well, I don't want my child to feel left out or I want my child to be able to connect, particularly mm. through the pandemic. Maybe they need this device to connect to the kids, the other kids, because it's the only way. So we've had a lot of questioning. We've we've kind mm-hmm. of doubted maybe that instinct that says, nah, I don't, I think we should skip that. And instead we're bombarded with these messages that, you know, hey, we're in the technological age. You don't want your child to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the way that kids connect now. You don't want your child to be left out. And and then you've got your child saying, mom, dad, if you don't do this, you know, you hate me. You don't love me. If you trusted me, you would let me have this. So you combine all of those things. And I think for a lot of families, they've really questioned themselves of, you know, am I doing the right thing? What should I do? What if kids were connecting at the local brothel and that was the only place they could connect? <laughs> I mean, we just right. allow that to happen. Well, see, that's what's tricky about the phone is that it isn't only the local brothel. Now, it's kind of like more like a mall, like the brothel's there, but the class is there. The church could be there because they'll say like, oh, my church group is is sending me, you know, emails or texts or I have to be in this group chat to know when we're meeting or I want to follow my youth pastor's Instagram page. I mean, so so that I think those kinds of things push the parent to think maybe we should do this. Now, Arlene, I know your kids are mostly screen free. Yeah. Help us understand that because I'm sure some parents are listening now, just especially in our last five minutes going, that's my kid. I can't. I have to let them have a, a device. Yes. Well, I will tell you, Screen Kids, the book, will kind of help you understand the why of why we did it. And from the time they were very young, they knew like, you know, hey, you know, when you grow up, you are not going to have a smartphone. (laughs) They kind of like all knew that. And then when they're younger, you're at a restaurant, you're at a friend's house, you're at a play date. And they talk about, and notice how those people, they didn't even look at each other. They were looking at their phone the whole time. Notice Mm -hmm. you were at the play date and that person just played on their iPad the whole time when you were trying to say, let's play tag or let's do this. And they just sat there with their iPad. So they've kind of seen it played out and they've uh, they've seen it and in this movie I made a documentary of them in this uh, called screen kids in their own words and my daughter at the time so none of my kids have social media I have a, a senior in high school a sophomore and a seventh grader they do not have smartphones and they don't have social media but we have a lot of tech so you know they have computers from school they use my phone when they want to look like, so my Instagram page is filled with like tennis stars <laughs> and like dude perfect because that's what my kids <laughs> like and I don't mind that let 
let it populate. I don't care. You know, so they know they can look at that for 15 minutes and then that kind of just shuts mm-hmm. down. And that's, I'm okay with that sure. because I know who they're looking at. It gives them an outlet to follow the people that they like, et cetera. So we found these different workarounds, but I think it's really important to say you model why it's important. You, what are you doing with your phone? You don't make it optional, you know, Mm kind of like that your mind is set, that you've set your mind to, you guys aren't going to have phones and we're going to figure out the workarounds. And what my daughter said was, you know what, mom, Uh, in seventh grade, a girl said to me, you're really lucky. And she was like, why? Because you're not addicted to this device. I hear that stuff. All the time. Yeah. My daughter was like, what? She was so surprised by that. And so she has found that I'd rather have one person in real life, you know, be my friend and Mm -hmm. say, you're a good friend, than have all these followers and it be empty. And she kind of can recognize for herself, hey, that social media between people, that's really shallow. And she really has as a sophomore in high school, she's understood that for herself. So what are some of the workarounds that you have put into place? Yes. So my son, who's the senior, he's the captain of the debate team. He's got to get in touch with the team. So he has a Google voice number. And so it's a free voice from Google and he uses it on his computer. And so he does his group text there. He checks his messages. Mm-hmm. He has piano students and they the check. So it, location, actually, it actually works. Yeah. So he uses it uh, at the computer that's in our uh, family room. Yeah. So that's what he checks. And it it's just kind of like the home phone and the answering machine of old, you know, and it, it really does work. And then he'll say, because people say, well, well, he can't connect, you know, via social media. He doesn't play video games. How is he going to connect? And what he has said is, you know what, mom, there are people who won't be your friends because you don't play a certain video game or you're not there on social media, don't understand things. But he's like, those are the people that you don't really want to be friends with because that's the that's the bar they set. You have mm-hmm. to do that. He's like, there are tons of people, mom, that they have those things. They play those games, but they don't mind that you don't play them. They're actually kind of fascinated and they'll still be your friend. And that's the kind of person, mom, that I want to be around. So I know it takes a while to get there because there'll be a little phase where your kid will be like, mom, I can't make friends. Like no one, you know, how am I going to connect to these people? But if you will hang in there, your child will make a friend and it will be the kind of friend that you want. And this is where parents are going to have to grow a backbone and say, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not asking for that thing back. I'm taking it back. And and there's there's no two ways around that. It might sound uh, uh, cold to a lot of people, but I think what's colder yet is when you allow your kid to be exposed to the things that are on that device. But there, people don't know that there's, there's grassroots movement among kids to be unplugged. It's actually becoming cool to be unplugged. And I'm not saying that it's taken uh, root, uh, you know, real deeply yet because, you know, like any addiction, it's going to take a while to, to overcome. I remember having a dad come up to me after a talk, real big, you know, strong dad, probably a farmer. And he said to me, Arlene, you have given me the courage because I know I'm supposed to take my daughter's phone out of her room at night, but I have been scared to do it. You know, he's just a big, strong man, scared of like a 15 year old girl. Right. So for us parents to be like, we are not afraid we can do this. This is the right thing. I'm willing to be unpopular in my home to protect my child. Well, I've told my kids a number of times on a number of things. I love you too much to care what you think about me right now. 
This yeah. is how it's going to be. And when you groom your kids from the early years, like you have obviously done, uh, and, and by the time they come of what they think is of age, that it's time to get a phone, they'll know, look, don't even ask. It's not happening. I've been hearing for you know 10 years that uh, you know I'm not going to have a phone. And they get used to it, and they adjust. Kids are very, very uh, resilient. And uh, the more you keep them off these things, the more creative uh, uh, their, their brains will be. Uh, they won't lose their critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities like a lot of the lemmings that are out there today. I hate to put it that way, but that's exactly what's happening. And your kid will be light years ahead of the competition. Yeah, so true. This may sound like a rabbit trail or a question on the right field, but it's it's really not. Um, taking illegal drugs out of the equation for a moment, because I don't know how else to explain why this is happening. Do you think that mental illness is a systemic reality? in today's American culture. Because when one in 10 kids are, are on some kind of behavioral med, that's systemic by anyone's definition. Yeah. And, and, and so the question I want you to answer then, Arlene, is how much of this, because it didn't used to be this way, how yeah. much of this is uh, sparked by kids just having a 24-7, merry-go-round, sleep-deprived circus of digital bombardment 24-7, how much of this? Because parents are in the same predicament. I think it is huge, a huge amount. And the reason is not only the bombardment, but it is what they are missing. So they are missing the eye contact. They're missing the hugs. They're missing the conversations. You know, Absolutely. Jean Twenge has done a lot of research on, on uh, technology. And mm-hmm. she was saying that 70, uh, they surveyed 77,000 high school and college students. And there's six more times to be depressed now than in 1938. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And you think of like, what were people the facing depression. then? And, and, <laughs> and what were people facing now, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I think a lot of it is because kids, you know, I, in the Bible, it talks about that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Yes. And today's kid does not suffer because, mm. oh, you, you're unhappy, you're bored, here's That's a device. Right. Oh, you're having trouble with your homework? Let's just sit, tell the teacher it's too hard. Like there's mm-hmm. no suffering. And then because of their lack of suffering, then that perseverance isn't there and the character is not built That's and the right. hope is not there. Mm-hmm. So I do think you're right that that mental health, it starts with the home and it starts with what is being taught. How, where is God in all of this? And, and are we allowing our children to grow up mentally, emotionally, physically, or are they just stunted because of the overuse of devices? Well, Arlene, uh, we are out of time. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun, Trace. And you know what? Uh, if people want to learn more, the book is called Screen Kids, and that's co-authored with the wonderful Dr. Gary Chapman of the Five Love Languages. And I've got a quiz, Does My Child Have Too Much Screen Time? And you can take that quiz at happyhomeuniversity.com. Very good. Arlene Pellegrin has been our guest today on Licensed to Parent. Arlene is author of the book Screen Kids that she co-wrote with Gary Chapman. And you can check out some of her helpful resources at her website, happyhomeuniversity.com. And that also includes the easy quiz she just talked about on how to assess whether your kids are getting too much screen time. It's a great resource for your family. Again, that's happyhomeuniversity.com. Arlene, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. 
You've been listening to Licensed to Parent. You'll find us at licensedparent.org, where you can listen to past conversations and learn more about Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is our year-long Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. And if something we talked about today, dealing with screens and technology, caused you to think, hey, that's my teen, and you realize you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. Again, you can find us at licensedparent.org. And you know, the work that we do to help families at Shepherds Hill is only possible because of generous partners like you. If you'd like to join in the work that we do here, please consider a tax-deductible gift in any amount. Your gift can help a young person get enrolled in a program that can truly change his or her life and really heal a family. You can give securely online by clicking the Donate button when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.